Buongiorno. <laughs> Welcome. We're glad that you're here today, and I'm glad to be back home. We've had a wonderful uh, time of vacation, but I'm glad to be back home and among God's people here at Community Baptist Church. And we welcome you today, and we hope that God's going to bless you in a very special way today. We welcome our guests, especially today. You're very important to us, and and uh, hope that you'll feel very much a part of our family. And we would like to ask our, our guests to uh, drop by our hospitality table as you leave today. We have a little gift over there we'd like to give to you as a sign of our appreciation for you worshiping with us this morning. A few announcements I'd like to call to your attention today. First of all, let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets that are on the end of each row. I'd like to ask if you would to take that and to fill it out as completely as you can and uh, pass it down so others down your row can fill it out as well. Uh, that way we can have a record of your attendance with us. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter that comes out every Thursday, put your email address on there and we'll be sure to get you on our list for that. Um, we have several things going on and have been going on. Our youth are back from uh, their trip to Florida, their uh, uh, their camp at Florida, and uh, had a good time. Did y'all have a good time? Yeah. Woohoo! Woo <laughs> they had a good time, a, a meaningful time, I, I believe, and and uh, it was a great for them to, uh, to to be a part of that. So we welcome you you back. We're glad that you're home safely, but we're glad that you had a good trip. Uh, we also had a group of uh, folks yesterday who were hitting the river, uh, some folks that were canoeing and kayaking on the Blue River yesterday, and we made it back, uh, a little sunburned and a little sore shoulders, but we made it back. But uh, a lot of good uh, opportunities for worship and fellowship and, uh, and just having a good time here. Some things that are coming up, uh, on August the 7th, about uh, about a month away, we're going to be having something called Summerfest here. And so go ahead and put that on your calendar now. Uh, it's going to be a great day. It's, a, it's going to be an opportunity for us to showcase the ministries of Community Baptist Church. You know, sometimes we say that Community Baptist Church is the best kept secret in town. Well, we don't want it to be a secret. We want to showcase the ministries of our church and... Um, so we're going to be doing that on August the 7th. We're going to invite our community to come in. We will uh, have a magician here to entertain our children and our children who are a little older and bigger and <laughs> have gray beards and things like that uh, to entertain all of us. So we're, and we're going to be setting up some booths to, um, uh, to demonstrate some of the ministries that we carry on here at Community Baptist Church. So uh, please put that on your calendar now and, and make sure that uh, you're available on August the 7th so that we can do that. Now, I think Phyllis has a, an announcement about a Sunday school project that we have coming up. Sunday school uh, Bible study classes have come up with their, the summer mission, and we invite all the church to participate. Uh, in Proverbs 22.9, it says, A generous man will himself be blessed, for he shares his food with the poor. Now, a while back, uh, we collected uh, food for community outreach, 
and it was a contest between the men and the women. This one is different. Our mission is to assist those in need by donating supplies to Christian community outreach. Now, what we're going to do starting next Sunday, six Sundays in a row, will be donations of biblically inspired donations. In other words, we're going to have a scripture for each Sunday, and then that will tell you what you are to bring, the food or the item mentioned in that scripture. Uh, Jesus, in admonishing his servants to demonstrate love of him, said in John 21:17, feed my sheep. And, of course, he meant spiritually as well as physically. So July the 17th, next Sunday, our scripture is from Exodus 3.8. It's the promise from God of taking the Israelites to the promised land. It says, I have come down to bring them up into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So we're asking you to bring in powdered milk, canned milk, and pancake syrup. Uh, I will have a table set up right over here to the side with a sign over it. And so as you come in, everyone can participate. Would you please bring one of those items? Now, you'll see that the Sunday after that kind of ties in with this so the foods can be used together. But I think this will be a way to focus us not only on the scriptures, but to also tie it into a very useful ministry. So I ask you to please... Uh, participate in this. Now remember, next week, powdered milk, canned milk, pancake syrup. Thank you. Was it the men? We're not going there. <laughs> men. The only reward for this will be just a blessing, okay? There's no... <laughs> Mark is wanting to know who won that last contest. Christian Community Outreach won that last contest, and they will win this one as well. <laughs> we're grateful that you are here today, and we're grateful that we can participate in things like this, which is a blessing for our community and our church. And it's good to do that as a church, because we love one another and we love the community that we're in. Let us now express that love to one another as we stand and greet each other in the name of the Lord. All right, children, let's come forward for our children's moment. Mr. Gregg is up here and will be leading us in our children's moment.
Come on up toward the front, children. Come on up, children. There's plenty of room. Have, have a seat right down here with me. I'm going to show you some stuff this morning. How are y'all? How are you doing? Good morning. There's all you mean in this whole congregation. There's only three little ones that want to come up here with me this morning, huh? That is hard to believe. <laughs> I know there'll be some other ones coming up. There we go. There we go. Is this it? We've got. Come on up. Come on. I got some stuff to show you today. There's the Becky kiddos. <laughs> Good morning, children. Are y'all enjoying your summer? I see a lot of boys and girls with tans. A lot of people with tans. So you must be enjoying your summer. Thank you for coming down here. I've got some stuff to talk to about uh, with you today, but I've got a question for you first is, do you ever forget or have trouble remembering anything? Do you ever forget or have trouble remembering anything? I see some adults holding their hands up. Sure you do. We all have trouble remembering things, and things haven't changed that much since I was your age, so we do have trouble remembering things. I can still remember my mom, my dad, saying, Greg, did you remember to make your bed? It's like, oh, I forgot, Mom, sorry. Or Dad, did you remember to mow the grass? Oh, I forgot. Do you ever forget to do something sometimes? Yeah, we, we all do. You know, just this week, in fact, Miss Dottie sent me an email from the office and said, Greg, just remember you have children's moment this Sunday, or otherwise I might not be prepared up here this morning and have notes to talk to you about. So I'm glad she did that. You know, there's a lot of ways that people, uh, a lot of things that people use to help them remember. So I've got some things here to show you that, that people help them remember. Now, this one is, goes way, way, way back. But believe it or not, people used to take and tie a string around their finger, put it in a bow to, rem to remind them to do something. I bet you Jika remembers that. <laughs> you don't remember that, Jika? Neither do I. Um, the only problem is, you know, you have to remember what you tied the string on your finger for. So if you forget what you tied the string on your finger for, that doesn't work. Then, then the engineers at 3M who developed these post-it notes, you know these? You know, you put these every place, around your room, put them on the mirror, put them on your books. The only thing is, if you forget to look at them, they don't work too well, do they? So here's a high-tech way to remember to do something. You know, all these smartphones that everybody has now, you can set an alarm. Nibby's notorious for setting alarms in his phones for doing things. Well, that would be great, except I forgot to put my phone in the charger last night, and the battery's dead. So that doesn't work. So being forgetful and having trouble remembering things has been around for a long, long time. You know, even Jesus knew that sometimes we might forget, so he gave us some ways to remember him and his purpose. Jesus did. You know, on the night of the Last Supper, Jesus was eating with his disciples, the people who followed him and studied around him. And he knew that soon he would return to be with his father in heaven. But he wanted to make sure that his disciples would remember him after he was gone from this earth. So you know what he did? While the disciples were eating, he wanted to do something that would make them remember him. And as they were eating, he took a piece of bread and he broke the bread as they were eating. 
and said, I want you to remember me as you eat this bread. And my body was broken for you. So that's what he did with the bread. And then after that, he took the juice and the cup. And he said, I want you to remember that this is my blood, which was given for you. And as you drink this, please remember me. You know, it's been almost 2,000 years since that night of that Last Supper. And we still use the same way of this bread and this cup to remember Jesus. When we take communion today over here on this table, we will eat the bread and drink from the cup to remind us that Jesus suffered and died on the cross so that we may have everlasting life. And as we eat that bread and drink from the cup today, we'll remember Jesus. You know, many things remind us of Jesus. The cross, his love, the Bible. And today in particular, we're reminded of Jesus as we celebrate the Lord's Supper and communion. So just remember that. That's the reason that we eat this bread and drink this juice is to remind us of Jesus, okay? Let's have a prayer together. Dear Jesus, thank you for these children. We remember you today. We remember that your body was broken and that your blood was shed so that we may have life everlasting. Thank you for reminding us. Amen. And go back to your kids, to your parents. Thank you. Today's scripture is from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 26. For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you. And the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also. After supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for these gifts that you give us. Thank you for this day. As we gather together today to collectively worship you, may we each individually remember that this bread and this wine is for each for us individually. That our individual sins are forgiven by the gift that you have the greatest gift that you have given to us. We ask that You bless everyone that is here. Bless those who are outside our doors that need your comfort. May we be the ones to be able to just give them, to pass it on to them. Be with our preacher as he brings us our service. As his word is your word and touches each of us in our way. Thank you for loving us more than we can even comprehend. your name I pray. Amen.
Pray with me, please. <coughs> Our most gracious and loving God, we thank you for these moments that we share together in worship this morning. We ask you to bless our time together, open our hearts. Lord, as we come to this part of the service, we pray that, that our monetary gifts will be given out of hearts, of love and out of joy. <clears throat> we ask, Lord, that we use them in ways that will be pleasing to you. Lord, also give us hearts to be givers of ourselves. Lord, each day as we live our lives, you give us opportunities that you put before us to be of service, uh, to be a blessing to someone else. We pray, Lord, that uh, we're open to these opportunities and that we respond in the way that you would have us respond. Help us, Lord, to be that blessing to those who desperately need it each day. Help us to be your light and your love to these people. And Lord, we ask these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen.
Dr. William Barker once told a beautiful story about the Isle of Iona. Uh, Iona is off of the west coast of Scotland, and in the 6th century, St. Columba sailed from Ireland to Iona, where he spent the next 40 years of his life proclaiming the good news of Christ to the people there. Ever since that time, Iona has been, been considered a holy place to many Christians. The focal point of this beautiful place is the magnificent Abbey Church there in Iona. The foundation of this magnificent building is over 1,400 years old. And now the church has been lovingly rebuilt, stone by stone. Once the exterior has been, had been restored, volunteers refurbished the inside of the building, installing a new pulpit, new lectern, and a new altar. And now worshipers fill this, this ancient abbey once again. In the refurbishment process, says Barker, it came time to prepare the bread plates for communion. There were to be eight wooden bread plates in all. And the artisans had in mind that what they would inscribe a verse of scripture upon each of the wooden bread plates. Seven verses were quickly selected and one verse remained. And so the committee decided to ask the supervising architect to make the final selection. And his choice came from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 26. It is the verse in which Jesus says to Judas, Friend, why are you here? You may remember the setting of this question. Jesus was with some of his disciples in a place called Gethsemane. He went there to pray. Then afterwards, he had a word with his disciples, and as he was talking with his disciples, Judas came up to him with a large group of men armed with swords and clubs sent from the chief priests and the elders. Judas had arranged a signal with, him, with them. The one I kiss is the one you are to arrest. And so going up to, to Jesus, Judas said to him, Greetings, Rabbi, and then kissed him on the cheek. And that's when Jesus said to Judas, Friend, why are you here? That's when the men stepped forward, seized Jesus, arrested him, and took him off to his ultimate crucifixion. It's a very dramatic scene. It's a very dramatic question. Friend, why are you here? Today we, come, we have come to this place not to betray Christ in any way. Indeed, we have come expressing ourselves and declaring that Jesus is our Lord. And yet still, I think it would be prudent for each of us during this time as we contemplate the bread and the, and the cup, it would be prudent for each of us to look into our hearts this morning and hear the Lord ask this day that same dramatic question. Friend, why are you here? Why are you here? Today is a day of reflection and, and a day of repentance and, and, and renewal. 
And so we examine our own hearts today. And as we do that, let me take a few moments to explain to you why we have come to Christ's holy table this morning. We are here, first of all, because the Master has told us to be here. The Apostle Paul writes, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes again. We're here this morning because the Lord has told us to be here. Let me take you back a few years to that day when Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong first landed on the moon. It was July 1969. Buzz Aldrin had decided that as soon as as the module was set down on the moon, he would celebrate the Lord's Supper. Listen as he describes what happened. He said, we awoke at 5.30 in the morning, Houston time. Neil and I separated from Mike Collins in the command module. Our powered descent was right on schedule. With only a few seconds worth of fuel left, we touched down at 3.30 p.m. Now was the moment for communion. I unstowed the elements in their flight packets. I put them and the scripture reading on the little table in front of the abort guidance system computer. And I called back to Houston. Houston, this is Eagle. I would like to request a few moments of silence. I would like to invite each person listening in, wherever and whoever they may be, to contemplate for a moment the events of the past few hours and to give thanks in their own individual way. For Aldrin, his way of giving thanks was to observe the, the sacrament of the Lord's Supper. He describes it this moment like this. He said, In the blackout, I opened the little plastic packages which contained the bread and the wine. I poured the wine into the chalice that my church had given to me. In the one-sixth gravity of the moon, the wine curled slowly and gracefully up the cup. It was interesting to think that the very first liquid ever poured on the moon and the very first food ever eaten there were communion elements. Just before I partook partook of these elements, I read the words which I had chosen to indicate our trust that as human beings probe into space, we are in fact acting in Christ. I, I sensed especially strongly my unity with my church back home and with the church everywhere. I read, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever remains in me and I in him will bear much fruit. For without me, you do nothing. Now I'm sure that there were those who protested Aldrin's actions. That's the kind of world that we live in. But my friends, that sacrament of the Lord's Supper is at the very heart and life 
of the Christian community. It's a part of who we are. And it's something that brings us together in the name of Christ. And even when someone is on the, on the moon, it enables him to unite with Christians all over the world. So why are we here? We're here because the Master told us to be here. But secondly, we are also here because we know that the Lord is here with us. Jesus says in Matthew 18, verse 20, For where two or three, just two or three, are gathered in my name, there I am also. And I think that this is especially true when we celebrate the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. For you see, Christ is here in a very real, in a very personal and intimate way, trying to make Himself known to each and every one of us. There's an unusual website at johnspurko.com and the heading on the site is Free John Spurko. Apparently, for more than 20 years now, there's been a controversial case in the state of Ohio uh, in which John Spurko has spent the past 27 years in prison, 23 years on death row for a crime that many people believe he did not commit. Now, Spurko is not a sympathetic figure. He, he's a crook. He's a bad guy, and he has committed many crimes before, and, and, and he will readily admit that to you, but there are many knowledgeable people who believe that he did not commit the crime for which he is in prison at this point. In fact, just before he was scheduled to be executed, the governor of Ohio commuted his sentence to life in prison without possibility of parole so that an innocent person would not be executed. But on the free John Spurko website, there's a, a message there from, from David Van Dyke, who is a pastor of Broad Street Presbyterian Church in Dayton, Ohio, or Columbus, Ohio. seems that uh, Van Dyke was ministering to John Spurko in that time just before he thought John Spurko was about to be executed. In fact, he, had, uh, he was with him when Spurko's final appeal was rejected by the U.S. Supreme Court. And it appeared certain that he would be executed the next day. Van Dyke describes his experience with Spurko like this. He says that each time he visited Spurko, the institution's rules seemed to change. One time they would allow him to take his wallet inside. The next time they would not. At first he took Spurko communion. But then one day they wouldn't let him take his little bag of bread and his little bottle of juice inside. And so... The last few times he visited John, he didn't even try to take communion in with him. But when Van Dyke visited Spurko on the day after the Supreme Court rejected his appeal, one of the guards asked him, where's your communion stuff? And Van Dyke said that he didn't have it because they wouldn't allow him to take it in. And another guard said, if you don't have your communion stuff, you can't go back. Well... Van Dyke said, I've driven up here from Columbus, and if I have to, I'll go get some communion stuff. And they were agreeable to that. And so he went in search of some communion stuff. And, and, uh, and the first thing he, he came to was a BP gas station and convenience store. But they didn't have any grape juice. But he did find something called Goofy Grape Soda. 
But then he couldn't find anything that resembled bread. All there were were peanuts and chips and, and donuts. And with his theological mind racing, he noticed that the service station also housed a subway sandwich shop. And so he negotiated for a plain bun and he headed back to the prison. Once back on death row, he, he took out that plain bun and placed it on the table between him and Spurco. And then he poured some of that goofy grape soda into two coffee cups. Van Dyke notes that, that Presbyterians aren't really big at winging it, especially with things like communion liturgy. But the bread was at, le at least smelled good and it was fresh. And so sitting across the table from each other, he reminded Spurco that it was called the Last Supper because this would be the last time that Jesus and his friends would be able to break bread together. Then the two of them held hands. They bowed their heads and they prayed. They prayed, says Van Dyke, for peace in the world, for an end to corrupt systems, for the powers that be, which was one of Spurco's favorite expressions, and for justice. And then Pastor Van Dyke prayed this prayer. He said, pour out your Holy Spirit, O God, upon us and upon these gifts of bread and cup, these gifts of plain bun and goofy grape soda, that they may be to us the communion of the body and the blood of Christ. When the prayer was over, Van Dyke picked up the bread and before tearing it in half, he heard himself saying these words that were both familiar but now so alive with poignant new meaning. On the night of his arrest, before he would be unfairly tried and executed by the state, whose chief legal officer admittedly found no fault in him, Jesus took the bread and broke it. In a small room, on Ohio's death row and with his clock about to run out, John Spurko and Pastor David Van Dyke sat together silently and took their, their time chewing large pieces of the bread of life. And then they drank salvation from a styrofoam cup. Van Dyke closes his testimony with these words. It was quiet. We were alone, just the three of us. I like the way he ended that. We were alone, just the three of us. My friends, in a very real way, we Christians believe that any time we eat the loaf, which is the body of Christ. And any time we, we drink from the cup, which is His blood, Christ is with us. So why are we here? We're here because Jesus told us to be here. And we are also here because we know that in these elements and in this celebration of Christ, Christ is with us. Then finally, we are also here so that we will never, ever forget what Christ has done for us. 
Do this, said the master, in remembrance of me. So here we are today, remembering the life, the death, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. There's a time-honored story about the novelist Somerset Maugham. We're told that Maugham kept a cracked earthenware cup on the mantle of his plush London home. When someone asked him about that ugly, broken centerpiece among all of the beautiful objects of art in his home, he explained that during the First World War, he had been on a troop ship crossing the Atlantic Ocean. And during that crossing, the soldiers' rations of water were reduced to one single cup per day. He said it was that very cup, now gracing his mantle, from which he drank that daily ration of water. He said, I keep the cup on the mantle as a reminder to me that I should never take my blessings for granted. In a similar way, we come here today to ensure that we will never take for granted what Christ has done for us. Why are we here? We are here because the Master told us to be here. We are here because we are ensured that in participating in this Lord's Supper, Christ is with us. And we are here so that we will never, ever, ever forget. The Lord Jesus, on the night when He was betrayed, took a loaf of bread. And when He had given thanks, He broke it and said, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And now, let us observe this communion in Christ. And let us remember. Amen. We're going to observe the Lord's Supper at this, at this time. And here's what we're going to be doing. We have the intincture here. And we would in, like to invite you to come forward beginning on the back rows. Our deacons will be there to usher you forward one row at a time. Um, you'll come forward. There will be two people standing at the front. Or four people standing at the front. Two on either side holding a plate with bread, and two next to them holding the cup. As you come down, you will take a piece of bread and then move to the cup and dip it into the cup and eat, thereby taking the body and the blood of Christ and remembering what Christ has done for you. After you have done that, if you would return to your seats by the side, going down each side and return to your seats this way. For those of you who may not be able to come forward or who would prefer to take the traditional um, method of, of communion, you can just stay at your seat and our, our deacons will serve you at your seat. But now, let us observe the Lord's Supper together.
All are welcome at Christ's table. In my reading of the Gospels, I never saw Jesus once turn anyone away. And so everyone is welcome at Christ's table. And we invite you to participate in this ordinance of the Lord's Supper as after we read together the litany of communion. Welcoming God, we give thanks that we can gather at your table as a whole fellowship, a community of faith. The list is long, O oh God, but somewhere in the midst of it, Christ is walking, holding hands, lifting up, mending wounds, breathing new life, breaking bread, and pouring wine. In remembrance of him, we eat the bread of life and drink the cup of the new covenant. This is the heart of the gospel. Thanks be to God. Let us remember what Christ has done.
God's Spirit is here. We know it. Because Christ has promised that He would be here. And He is. We're going to give you an opportunity to respond to the Spirit of God in this place. As we sing together our hymn of invitation, Take My Life and Let It Be Consecrated. It's number 277. There may be someone here today who needs to make a commitment to Christ for the first time. Maybe you've never done that before. Maybe this is somewhat foreign to you. And that's okay. You know what? As I said before, Christ's arms are open wide for everyone. The invitation is to anyone who would come to Christ and to say, thank you for loving me like this. I don't always deserve it, but I thank you for loving me the way that you do. That you would even give your life my behalf so that my sins might be forgiven. If you've never made that commitment to Christ, we invite you to do that today. Or perhaps you're looking for a church home to be involved with and and to unite with and to fellowship with and to minister with and to serve with. And we invite you to come and unite with our church today. Or perhaps you need a, a time of prayer today. Maybe some things are burdening your heart and you would just like a special time of prayer. We invite you to come and we'll pray. God's dealing in your heart in any way today. We invite you to come as we sing our hymn of invitation, number 277, Take My Life and Let It Be Consecrated. Would you come? from here knowing that Christ's way is not in, in seeing how many serve us, but in seeing how many we may serve. And may the Lord be generous in increasing your love that you may love one another and the whole human race. May God so confirm your hearts in holiness that you may be blameless in the sight of our God and our Father when our Lord Jesus Christ comes with all his saints. May we go in firm awareness that just as Christ has been with us in our communion with him today. Christ now goes with us as we take his work and his world, his word into the world that we all may know the joy of loving him. Amen.